and it's confirmed to me that I'm going to speak on the temptation or the trial of our Lord Jesus Christ by the devil, being showed all the kingdoms of the world. And, of course, he rejected the devil's trials and temptations uh, that we might be saved. Maybe at the end of it you'd sing it again, would you? We'll get you to sing it before we go home again. And if you have your Bible with you, please, will you turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4? Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. And instead of reading it all through, we'll go through and stop and we'll speak about it there. That which the Lord had have us to hear this evening. Matthew Gospel, chapter 4. Beginning to read at verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted off the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. You have to understand here that the Lord Jesus has just come from a wonderful experience of fulfilling all righteousness, being baptized in the river Jordan by John the Baptist. Here he is with the Spirit of God coming down in the form of a dove and resting upon him. And here he is in that vision that John saw with the voice calling out from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And here he is in the highest of pinnacles that anyone could ever hope to be in, recognized the man sent forth by God and who is from God. And now after his baptism, it says the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, he leads him out into the wilderness. In Mark's account, he says, the Spirit drives him out. And the Spirit driving and leading, the Spirit within, the Spirit without, the Spirit before and the Spirit behind takes the man Christ Jesus and drives and leads him into the wilderness. What a difference. What a difference between the water and the wilderness. Baptized in water. Now baptized with fire of temptation. What a difference for the man Christ Jesus. Being under the voice of the Father. This is my beloved now he's hearing the voice of the devil. What a difference for him to be in. And so here he is and he's hungering 40 days and 40 nights being tempted. Or some say the better translation is he was tried of the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. Hence the number 40 in scripture represents a time of trial and a time of testing. Now, Lord Jesus Christ, here he is, coming from this wonderful uh, experience in the waters of baptism. Now, by the Spirit, he's brought into the wilderness. And now he is tempted and tried of the wicked one, of the devil. What we have to understand is just once, brother, sister, just once, if Christ would just bow the knee once, if Christ would just yield his will once, if Christ would just step out of his Father's will just once, then you 
and I could never be saved. Then you and I could never be forgiven. The blood of Calvary which he would shed some three years or so later, we would find it would have no effect for our sin because he became a sinner. Because he failed in the righteousness of his father just once would cause him to be a sinful person. Doesn't it show you, friend, that just one sin is enough to keep you out of heaven? Doesn't it tell you that just one sin is enough, sir, lady, friend, to keep you out of God's glory? And yet with importunity and in an open course, freely and habitually, man and woman sin. They sin without thinking, without recognizing that one day they will stand before God They sin without believing that there is a God in heaven and one day they will stand before him. Here he is, the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, and after 40 days and 40 nights, he was in hunger. He was hungry. Do you realize that there are people who have been off food for less than 40 days and 40 nights and have died through malnutrition in their body? Do you realize that what Jesus went through for 40 days and 40 nights? In fact, in Luke's account tells us he was with the wild beasts. There he was at night with the creatures and the beasts which he had created. The animals that you and I wouldn't want to sleep among, to lie on the ground among. There was the beautiful, the wonderful, the sinless, the spotless, the impeccable Son of God, coming now from the great heights of baptism and declaration of the Father sent forth in the Spirit, now in the wilderness of trial and temptation with the voice of the devil and in his body. He's hungry. He's weak. His body is waning where many others would have died. Yet Christ, I believe through the Spirit in him, which is God himself, I believe, kept him alive. For there was not the place for Christ to die, but Calvary was the place the Son was to go to, to shed his blood. I think of the Garden of Gethsemane, when he cried unto the Father, Let this cup pass from me, nevertheless not my will, but thy will be done. There he believed and said that, He thought on the spot he would die with the pangs of death surrounding him in the garden, with the enemies encircling him. And that separation from his father, which he had never known, that separation and the sin that would come upon him, your sin and my sin, the punishment and the penalty in its fullness and totality, there in the garden it is believed he thought, Father, I must make this to the cross. The waters of baptism was glorious. The wilderness was a trying time. The garden was another testing. But it's in Calvary on the tree. It's at Calvary on the cross. It's at Calvary where he shed his blood and he gave up the ghost. 
and no man taketh his life from him. He said, I have the power to lay down my life and I have the power to take it up again. Yes, none can take the life of the Son of God. None could take his life, but he gave his life freely when he went to the cross and died. He did this for you, my friend. He did this for me. He did this that he could pay our debt. He did this that we might be in his heaven who trusted in him, who have realized that we're sinners in need of a Savior, and Christ alone is the Savior, the only Savior. And by trusting in what he has accomplished and in his finished work, then you and I can be saved, forgiven, blood-bought, blood-washed from all of our sins. Notice this week, man in the wilderness, the Son of God, he's tempted and tried of the wicked one. The tempter comes to him in verse 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Notice the terms of the devil. Notice the terms of the wicked one. If thou be the Son of God. If thou be. Now some scholars say this means not so much as make you doubt that you're the Son, but the devil knows God. The devil knows God is real, friend. The devil knows Christ is God in the flesh. But rather it was since you are the Son of God. He wanted to tempt him to do something that was not in the Father's will. It's like when Paul said in Romans chapter 8 and in verse 31, If God be for us, who then can be against us? The word if can be, well, if he is or maybe he's not. But the same tense Paul uses means since God is for the Christian. Since God is for the believer. Since God is for the man and the woman who are in Christ. Who are blood-bought. Since God before us. Who then can be against us? And the same term is said to have been used of the old devil. He comes to the weak man. The frailty of the flesh. Here he is feeling everything that you feel. And everything that I feel. Everything you go through, he knows all about it. Every pain, every part of suffering, everything of disappointment, everything of being let down by others and forsaken, everything, he knows it all. For even the Hebrew writer wrote in Hebrews 4 and verse 15, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, and yet without sin. Glory to God, the Son of God. Here, being tempted and tried of the devil, he never sinned once, friend. Not like you've sinned. Not like I have sinned. Not like you failed. Nor like I have failed. No, he never failed. He never sinned. He always did his Father's will. Impeccable Son. He is the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. 
Here we find the devil says, if thou be the son of God. Here the old devil likes to try and whisper in the ear. You know he whispered in the ear of Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. He whispered in her ear, hath God said? Sure God told you, since God told you, since God said you can eat of all the trees, eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil. Hath God said? God does not want you to know, to have knowledge, but rather God wants to keep you, as it were, stupid and senseless, because you'll be like a God. That is not the truth at all. That's a falsehood and that's a lie. And that's what the devil tells people today. You don't need to listen to this gospel message. You don't need to know from the word of God. You don't need to hear about a Christ who died for you. Sure, you don't need to. You're a good enough person. You don't need to know for hath God said that you'll not get into his heaven? For hath God not said that he loves every single person? And hath God not said that he will take everyone when they die and off they go, float into heaven, as it were, wafting up in a handbasket? And rather he tells those lies. Many people are going to hell in a handcart. He's a liar. The devil is a liar. He's a liar who makes you fret. He's a liar who wants you to fail. He's a liar who makes you fear. The devil is a liar and the father of it. But Jesus says the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the father but by me. And so here we find that the tempter, the devil comes and he says, if thou be the son of God or since you are prove yourself since you are show yourself since you are reveal yourself but this was not the time for the revelation of the son of God because the revelation of the son of God comes through the spirit and the word the revelation of the son of God is when he rose from the dead after he died at Calvary and ascended into glory. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And the Holy Spirit is sent with the word. To reveal the Son of God. Through the scripture. That we might be believers. By faith. And not by sight. You might be saying I need a sign. I need God to open the heavens. One day he will friend. And all shall see him. Every eye shall see him. But then it will be too late. It will be too late for you. Rather if the spirit speaks to you tonight. And the word of God reaches a place in your heart. And you know this word to be true. And the son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. Puts his claim on you. Then cry and call upon the name of the Lord. And thou shalt be saved. Notice here. It says in verse 4. But he answered and said. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The Lord Jesus takes three readings. And three occasions here. 
out of the book of Deuteronomy to slay the devil, to cut him to bits, because this Bible is called the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And since this is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, then, friend, I have to tell you something else. Then by this word you will be judged. By this word you will be judged. Not by the word of an intellect. Not by the word of a professor. Not by the word of someone who stands in a university with theistic ideas. Not by the word of someone with communistic ideas. Not by the word of someone who's popular and in demand of the day and of the hour. But everyone will stand according to this word. For this word tells us that you must be born again. And this word tells us for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And this word tells us for there's none righteous, no not one. And this word tells us that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. We will stand before God according to this word and according to the word made flesh. He is the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether we have accepted him and what he has done at Calvary and on nothing else, or whether we have rejected him, depends on where we stand before God and will spend eternity. Notice, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him upon the pinnacle of the temple. I'm told this pinnacle is about 200 feet above the Kidron floor, the valley Kidron. That's the valley that he walked across whenever he was going to Calvary. This is the valley when he was arrested. He went to Gethsemane. This is the valley where he walked over after singing the great Hallel, the night when he broke bread and instituted a supper. He's looking down over it years before. Imagine I don't have to do this. Imagine I don't have to cross this valley. Imagine I don't need the arrest in the garden. Imagine I don't need to go through all of that, the pain and the shame of everyone upon me and the suffering. Imagine I don't need to do this. But friend, as he looked upon it, he knew he would go through it because he came especially to do it. He came to do it. He came to die. And went all the way to Calvary for you and me. Notice if I be, here it goes again. If I be the Son of God, cast thyself down. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written again. I'll bring you the word again, devil. That's how you get by, Christian. That's how you get through your trial, Christian. And the Word of God, the songs are great. The girls sang wonderful, beautiful harmonies. Everything was fantastic. But it's not the songs that gets us through. Songs might encourage us along the way. 
It's not the songs that get us through. It's the word of God. It's the scripture in our hearts. It's the scripture in our minds. It's knowing the word, loving the word, obeying the word, following the word. This will get you through, believer. This will bring you to eternity. This will light the path and show the way for you. Have you read the word today? Have you had your daily bread? Make these stones into bread, said the devil. Here's your bread, friend. Here's your bread, brother. And here's your bread, sister. Notice here, the Lord Jesus answers him again with the scripture. It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Imagine the humility of Christ. The word incarnate. In the beginning was the word, John writes. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. That's John 1, verses 1 to 3. Listen to verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Here he is, the one who came in all humility to do his Father's bidding, to do his Father's will, to carry out his Father's word, that we might be saved. Can I ask you tonight, even up to this point, even up to here and now, Could I ask you in all sincerity, if you're not saved tonight, if you've never made the Lord Jesus your own and personal Savior, I ask you tonight, if you died tonight, and God forbid, but if you died tonight and were launched out into eternity, what would you offer God for your salvation? What do you think you could offer God since he sent him? Since the Son of God went through this in temptation, let alone on the cross, what do you think you could offer God or give to God that God would allow you into His kingdom, into His glory, to enter His heaven? Be honest with yourself. If He gave heaven's best, if He gave the darning of His bosom, He gave his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you think you'll give God that day? What do you think you can offer him for the price of your soul? Does it not seem fickle and fanciful and futile? For a man or a woman to come to God to offer them something like Cain who killed Abel comes with all the works and labors of his hands. And God had no respect for all of that. Think of it. The work, the sweat, the labor, the waiting, the patience, the toil, the digging up again. And here he brings all the works of his hands to the Lord. 
Abel brings a lamb. Innocent lamb, and he cuts its throat and puts the blood out. Let's it run out before the altar of God. God had respect on the Abel's offering. Why? Because it was what was needed, what was commanded. He did exactly as God had said. Friends, you can offer nothing tonight for your salvation. But accept and receive what Christ has done by himself. Notice this. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God in verse 7. wonder how many people are tempting God tonight. We talk about tempting fate. We talk about tempting others. We talk about tempting ourselves. But there's many people are playing here. And you're tempting God. You're tempting God. In verse 8 it says, Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Well maybe this Kidron Valley which he'll cross is not enough. We'll take him higher up. We'll give him more value as it were for what he'll do. We'll give him more value The devil thinks I'll tempt him with a bigger temptation, with a bigger offering. I'll go up not in the pinnacle, but to the mountain, exceeding high. Show him all the kingdoms of the world. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Verse 9, And he saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if I will fall down and worship me. Shows them all the kingdoms of the world, the glory of them. You can have all of it. You don't need to cross Jesus. You don't need to die Jesus. You don't need to shed your blood. The pain, the excruciating agony that you'll go through. Look, isn't this glorious? Surely this is enough for you. You can have all of this, Jesus. All you have to do is bow down once and worship me. Just once, Jesus. And you'll not have to go through it all. Just once. This is why when the ladies sang, I said I'm going to preach on this subject because of this verse, this one verse. Take them with him up into a high mountain and show them all the kingdoms of the world or the earth and the glory of them. And that's what he does with many people, Christians, to lure you away. That the Christ who should be in your heart, ruling and reigning in the throne of your heart, in your life, is dethroned by another kingdom with another king. Because you've been offered something that looks good and grand and great, riches and pleasure and job and prosperity has carried some Christians away. And they've backslidden and went into the world. And now the greatest idol I have known, you should be crying, whatever that idol be, help me to tear it from my throne and worship only thee. But rather, you've taken the glories of the world. 
And you've placed them on the throne where Christ should reign. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Friend, I'd rather be as poor as poor can be. I'd rather live in a hut with no soles in my shoes, and I mean this, and have the riches of Christ in my life than all the world's kingdom to be away from him and away from his presence. I'd rather have Jesus. Notice verse 10. Then Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence. Hey. He's talked rough with the devil. Get away from me. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thy serve. Notice he's saying here. The living God in Christ. His father, your father, Christian and mine. You know what he's saying here? Him only shalt thou serve in a world where we are told there's many roads that lead up the mountain to heaven. In a world where we're told that all religions have their good bits about it. All religions have their good ways and we're all seeking for the same thing. We're all seeking for the same way. Friend, I can tell you exclusively, no, we're not. For the God of Islam is not the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I can tell you there's many others of Buddhism and Jainism and Shintoism. Not one of them. There's many Protestants, so-called they know not Christ. The Church of Rome is nothing but an idolatrous setup. An Antichrist spirit. And while the world is trying to ecumenize, and while the churches and while the religions are trying to ecumenize, and while they're trying to bring us all together. Into a new world order, I can tell you, friend. Now none but Christ can satisfy. None other name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy. Lord Jesus, find in thee. I can tell you, friend, that Christ is the one and the only way to the Father. I can tell you that Christ is the one and only mediator between God and man. And I can tell you, Christ is the one and once for all 
sacrifice for sins forever. Christ and Christ alone, the Lord Jesus Christ, is God who came and hung on the cross and bled and died that we might be forgiven, that we might be saved. Offer all you want. Do all you like. Your rituals, your ceremonies, you can give it all up and it won't amount to a row of beans together. It's Christ and Christ alone. Christ and Christ alone. Notice this as I close. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and Him only, exclusively, uniquely, in totality, unreservedly, him alone shall thy worship. Then the devil leaveth him. Behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. Christian, take your stand for Christ. In a darkened world, in a darkened world, Increasingly darker, more wicked and vile every moment of the day. Take your stand, Christian. It's Christ. Christ alone. Friend, if you're not saved tonight, here it is. What will you offer him? What shall a profit a man? If he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, there's nothing that you can give for exchange for your soul on that day. I trust tonight, if you're not saved, you'll get saved. God has been speaking to you. I'll be standing at the corner as always. Come and see us if you're concerned for your soul, your salvation. If you're backslidden, come and see us. We'll, we'll help you. We'll talk to you. We'll, we'll pray with you that you'll make your way back to the cross. And Christian, may God bless you. May God keep you. May God make his face to shine upon you. May God give you strength for every day and courage. Courage to go on and to take your stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you for your attention. Thank you for your attendance. It's always greatly appreciated. May God bless you.